welcome to Infill, where we chat housing politics and policy. I'm Laura Clark, EMB Action. I'm Sam Moss with Mission Housing. I'm Daryl Owens with East Bay for Everyone. Welcome, Daryl. What's up? Good to have you. Um, so elections, they happened. OMG. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're all exhausted. We had huge wins and losses in the East Bay and San Francisco. Daryl, you want to start us off with the East Bay recap? Yeah. So, I mean, it was pretty good in the East Bay. I completely ignored the SF elections. I have my feel with the, uh, with the mayor's healthy. race. With the mayor's race, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. All right, you guys let you just go sink, whatever. I want to go focus on the East Bay. And I came over here a couple times and I was like, it looks fine. And then on the return, I was like, yes, yes, yes. And then Diego goes, have you seen the SF? <laughs> I'm like, no, what? Is Sonia having her victory party yet? Oh. Yeah. But, but, but anyways, so on the East Bay, we did very good in Berkeley. We had uh, basically, I was very organized with Lori Droste, who is the council member from the Claremont District. And she is one of the strongest pro-housing forces we have on the Berkeley City Council. Last time she only won her election, she was an incumbent. She won her election by like 16 votes. Wow. And so we were, and she was explicitly pro housing, and the anti housing division swept the elections in 2016. So they were attacking her viciously. Um, and we were scared, especially in an affluent district like hers, that she would be out soon. Um, but no, we just knocked the crap out of the opposition. Yeah, no, that's, so that's so really, that was... That's really I mean, great. I would say that of all the races, that was one of the ones that was very explicitly Yimby versus NIMBY. Oh, yeah, yes. All of the other races, you know, you, you could say sort of it was a little bit clouded. What were the stakes, really? That race, the the opponent was saying we should cap, like, how many students in yes, Berkeley? Yes, So that's actually... Like, that's, that's fairly common among the anti-housing <laughs> side is to talk crap about public education from the UC system when like 99% of them are alumni. That, that, it's I, don't, all, I, don't, <laughs> I don't get it, but they do it. It's no, no. Like our current mayor was, I mean, he's a, he's a UC alumni and he was kind of doing the same gestures about there's too much student overcrowding. And I'm like, you're going to deprive students of a public education. They can't do it anyways. But the fact that they would run on that mm -hmm. is just, her, okay, so uh, Lori Drossi's opposition was Mary Kay Lacey. She's not a bad person and whatever, but she ran on a platform that explicitly said that they didn't want more students enrolled at UC Berkeley because they are the cause of housing woes. And that was not, not the victims yeah. of the housing yeah, woes. I know. They are the cause of the does housing UC woes. Does UC Berkeley, like, the Berkeley has a student government, right? Like, do, do, they, do yeah. they ever weigh in or, like, do anything about that? Have you okay. all had any recruitment this luck is, there? This is like a whole new podcast. But yes, the, the, we the, ramble. the UC Berkeley <laughs> student government used to be explicitly anti housing. Because that's what the quote unquote progressives supported. Thanks, but, Aaron Peskin. Yeah. Oh, he didn't even. Oh, go he's there. got you connections know what? in Fuck Berkeley. It. We'll, we'll blame him for that. No, no, you can't. You can't. He's from <laughs> Berkeley. All, it's like he leaves his crap all over here. No, no. So, <laughs> so the ASUC used to be explicitly anti-housing, and as of late, it's become very pro-housing, allied with East Bay for Everyone, and pro. Uh, uh, student yeah. housing folks, pro density folks. So it's actually like done a very strange turnaround. And this election was kind of like the test for that. Mm -hmm. So even though the student newspaper was extremely stupid, and I'm sorry, Daily Cal. How do you feel about the Daily Cal? <laughs> um, I don't want to insult you guys too much because you're undergrads and it's okay. We all make mistakes. But they supported all the anti-housing candidates that don't even want them to be there. So why they would support them, I don't Like why would you support someone who doesn't want you to be at that school? Yeah. yeah. That's so I don't. Right. But whatever, whatever. 
we you won, but you know what? Who cares? Who cares? It's besides what matters anyway. It's not even daily. Right. Because we get a lot of outreach from people across mm-hmm. the country, actually, who are student groups who are interested in Yimby stuff. So I'm actually really natural, hopeful about yeah. Yeah. like the whole, and especially it plays on a lot of existing town versus gown issues where like there's always, it's just that the gown people are constantly having this turnover problem, but the, the town is always voting against them, always trying to like hem them in how do we control the student population? How do we keep them out of our community in a lot of cases and make sure they've got, you know, that they don't come and rent next to our fair home? I mean, no, the, Mary Kay Lacey ran on opposing volleyball courts in the most affluent <laughs> district. That was like her number fifth, fifth or sixth, like, oppositional thing. Oh no, God. no, but here's the interesting thing. Mary Kay Lacey's primary tactic for campaigning was running around Claremont and saying that 827 was going to build high-rises in their district <laughs> because Lori Drosty is our friend. And so they're like... And Lori ran a great campaign. Yeah. She didn't run away from her record. Either. Yeah. She was phenomenal. But she, they were showing these deceptive maps of 827 that had the polygon stripped so you couldn't tell like the differences. And it barely clipped in a Claremont. And they're like, could you imagine them putting six-story high-rises near your $3.5 million six mansion? Six stories is not a high-rise. I know. I, I know. <laughs> like, that, that's what they said. That is, that okay. is a mid-rise. That but, is... Anyways, mid rise. We won that. <laughs> the other district was District One, which uh, contains the North Berkeley Bart Station. Um, so that was a bit of a contentious issue as well. But the candidates in that race weren't explicitly NIMBY. As a matter of fact, uh, even though I was a very huge supporter of Rashi and campaigned for her, uh, Igor, who was her opponent, is a nice person. He's aligned with the quote unquote progressive side that's generally hawkish towards housing development, but he himself is not. And so it was a great race, uh, but Rashi won that too. Unfortunately, we could not knock off Kate Harrison, who is kind of the second in command. She's entrenched <laughs> for, in for, some for cement there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. She, she's like literally Peskin's best friend, no, I believe. No, that's Sophie Hahn. Oh, God. I can't keep all these people yeah. together. Yeah, don't, don't memorize all of Berkeley, man. Yeah. That's just like it's, a whole other nightmare. It's, it's much, you think San Francisco is bad. Like Berkeley no, no, no. is Berkeley, like other Berkeley level. Is better. Than San Francisco, Ooh. politically, no yes, no yeah. interesting. Yes, okay. We we Berkeley breeds the NIMBYs and then ships them to SF. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's, the peninsula. That's literally what and, Aaron Peskin yeah, is. He, true. He's from Berkeley and he's good friends with our Queen NIMBY here. So Your exports on. are terrible. Yeah, that's why we exported them. <laughs> Thanks for nothing. <laughs> but yeah, so we did well on that. Uh, and then in Oakland, of course, Libby Schaff got reelected. That was great. That's great. And of course, what I'm sure our SF listeners want to hear about is eighty fifteen. Because that made a lot of shockwaves over here, yeah, apparently. Yeah, well... And I was surprised, I mean, too, actually, how big it got. So, eighty fifteen Assembly District 15, was to replace Tony Thurmond to... Uh, the choices were between Buffy Wicks and Javanka Beckles. Buffy Wicks was a, like, typical Democrat from the national level who worked on the Affordable Health Care Act, uh, who had moved back to Rockridge, or actually to Rockridge. She was born and raised in NorCal. But she had left to go work with, like, Washington politics. For the Obama administration, she moved back and uh, ran for the Assembly District. And Javanka Beckles was a Richmond City Council member um, who was part of the Richmond Progressive Alliance, which is most notable for attacking Chevron. And so I – and she was part of the Democratic Socialists of America, so this was a big deal. So I was actually pretty torn on who to choose from because I didn't know who Buffy Wicks was – and I knew who Javanka Beckles was because in high school, shortly after the Chevron fires in Richmond, 
uh, it had actually, those fires had actually poisoned uh, my auntie. So I was very antagonistic mm. towards Chevron. I mean, so many people got poisoned. She used to live in the Iron Triangle uh, neighborhood and it was really horrible. So um, I had opposed them when Chevron had decided to, as a PR stunt, to hand out iPads to my high school. <laughs> and, and I was, and, and, and we, were, we were advised by our teachers to write a nice letter saying, be nice to Chevron and just, it wasn't like a mandate, but it was a nice letter. And I was like, Whoa. nah, let me go yeah. ahead and diss them. Nope. Yeah. And so, and so I made friends. Did you with take the iPod and then diss them? Um, yeah. Of okay. course. All right. Yeah. Good. Take good. I, just, no, yeah. I, I dissed them to their like, face too. Yeah, they gave me the iPad. take the iPad. Yeah. It was an iPad. It was like a tablet or something. I don't remember. No, I think it was a tablet. Because I asked, like, can you run Linux servers or something? Wait, I'm sorry, but, like, what do these things even have anything to yeah, do with each other? Right. Well, uh, it's like, it was for classroom. It's for my classroom. Okay. Okay, so, okay, so Chevron donated iPads or tablets <laughs> to my classroom because they care about education. And they don't pay property taxes. Thanks, Prop Yeah, 13. we'll get on to that. I'm just saying. We're, and, we're and, totally off the subject, though. <laughs> it was just okay, okay, about okay the, the point is, I became friends with some Richmond progressives, and I found out about Javonka Beckles, who was opposed to them as well. Mm -hmm. That's all fine and good, but that was years ago, and this is now. So when I looked at their housing platforms, Beckles had this sort of typical progressive nowadays housing platform, which is that development is the cause of the housing crisis, explicitly blaming developers for the fact that homes throughout the East Bay that have not been touched by development cost millions of dollars. I think that's ridiculous, but that's what her platform was. And also a part of it included bashing SBA 27, not even for equity grounds, but complaining that it like would not have allowed communities to negotiate parking and height. So I was like... Okay, I mean, here's the thing. People made the mistake of saying, okay, well, Javonka Beckles is clearly just shilling for white homeowners. No, it's because she's from suburban Richmond. And in Richmond, they're just, that's just not, density is not a thing. You know, I grew up in San Pablo. It's right by Richmond. I get that. If I still lived there, it would have probably been the same way. Well, but, and she probably, I mean, this is a thing that I've seen happen to a lot of people is that like, you know, she, her issue was against Chevron. She wasn't doing necessarily a lot of land use. And then when she breaks onto the scene for doing a bigger district issue, you know, where do you grab your housing policies from? This is like a weird yeah. coalition mm -hmm. politics thing mm -hmm. where she was in allyship with other people who had these housing policies and whether or not she strongly believed them or thought through them. I think that there's like room to say that like, you know, she could have grown. Well, to be fair, she did grow, but not enough. So she does have a record on land use. And the record notably was abstaining on voting for affordable housing because it was too dense in the Richmond Annex neighborhood. Oh, my God. I didn't know that. Which wow. is – yeah. Yeah. Okay, and, that's wow. much worse yeah. than I thought it was. That's Seriously. not okay. – That's not cool at all. And, and I've just been listening to Beckles Apologists, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just like, why did you vote against so – why did you who, not who, vote for – How did she get to call herself progressive and vote against because dense it's affordable housing? Oh, it's, my it's God. Just, it's not – density has not been like a, a test for progressiveness that is genuine who, who up until recently. So who won the race? <sighs> Who won? Buffy. 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 Wicks. Buffy. Yeah. And she actually won in a, Okay, so here's what's interesting about this. So Buffy Wicks was very explicitly like pro-upzoning. She she threw away votes by saying she would put high-density apartments in Rockridge. She lives in Rockridge. You would never say that. But she said it. And so I was really impressed. And she said we should take public parking lots and uh, reuse them for affordable housing. This was like a very pro-infill, pro-affordability and market rate apartment type person. This is exactly who we want. And Beckles was very adamant about how 
we should not be building more because of like vacancy rates, which I, it's just, I know. The mythical million yeah. vacant units. Beckles' platform there. was good on a lot of other stuff. I'm not hating, but mm. it was the housing platform was extremely lacking. So of course, after, you know, thoughtful consideration, I decided to back Buffy and Buffy won and both Contra Costa and Alameda County. Awesome. Well, Which, and East Bay for Everyone and Yimby Action all backed Buffy pretty strongly. Yeah, everyone, yeah, all, yeah, all the all the housing orgs backed Buffy. Congratulations! Really yeah, well done, assembly member well Buffy done. Wick. I'll be yeah, very happy to work with Buffy right Wick. Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. And that's... it's going to be really great for all of the housing legislation that we hope to pass at the state mm-hmm. level. I mean, this is the other big takeaway: is that we're going to have to be moving more and more decisions to the state level, and we need people like Buffy to be advancing to the state level. No, right. like with yeah. SB thirty-five, I think is a good example of you know p- individuals at, on both the assembly and the senate. That you know were elected with help from housing orgs. You know, had that takes it's you know having on both sides. You know, to get it done. So well Definitely. done, good yeah. job. I'm proud of you. And she, the thing I'm the most excited about her. There were some people saying like, oh, are the votes going to be? Because there's so many assembly members, so like one extra vote. But it's, I actually it think yeah, it matters. It a, matters. it matters a lot. But B, having another strong advocate who's going to whip other votes is the part that I think is going to mm-hmm. matter the most. So t- Tony Thurmon, who was the uh, previous assembly member, he was not explicitly pro housing, but he would generally vote. Uh, he voted for AB 2923, which was to rezone BART stations. So now we have someone who's explicitly saying they're going to yeah. put that as an initiative. Of course, that's much more favorable for me. So, yeah, I mean, and all of us, and all of us, <laughs> and our future children. Who there, are it's to the live royal. Here. When Daryl says me, it's the royal me, and it's the new way to say Yimby. It's collectively. Me. Yeah, it's collectively. Oh man! All right, now that we're rambling. Now that now that East Bay is done. Right. Uh, let's, can let's, we? No, let's just talk about the statewide because that was also better. I think that the Yimby pro housing movement had a had a great night. Uh, with the state props, you know, I mean, props one and two are just literally billions of dollars in affordable housing uh, statewide. And why some orgs didn't endorse that? Yeah, I. But okay, that was fine. crazy. I'm not gonna. The, I'm not gonna call yeah. any names. But like, but you, you know guys, who you are. But you know who you, you are. Guys know who you are. Those are like slam dunk. Are you lazy props. or something? Yeah, you know, <laughs> those are like you don't. Those are the kinds of props where you skip over at the uh, voting meeting of the membership. Like, yes, we're going to well, support four was, billion dollars for affordable housing. I mean, I was surprised there was a lot in San Francisco. There were a lot of activists who were doing yes on C and yes on tent. So yes on the funding, the local funding measure for uh, homeless housing, and yes on the repealing Costa Hawkins to. Get get additional rent control stuff the but they were not adding on props one and two to that and i did not it made me very nervous so i'm like glad that props one and two like eked it out over the finish line prop one eked it out and i was like why prop, was no one else panicking about that, was that? housing by the way uh, no, so Prop 1 was is $4 billion, $1 billion of it is for veterans, $3 billion of it is for just like normal affordable housing. Okay, yeah. one-fourth. And, and big props to, uh, <laughs> big, hey, I'm, I'm down for the vet housing, but big props to Michael Lane and NPH uh, who took a lion's share, especially at the end of, you know, going to other parts of the state that aren't northern you know the bay area where it was kind of a slam dunk and yeah whereas measure v down in san jose failed right right i mean that's you know it was not a slam dunk across the state for funding for affordable Mm -hmm. housing Mm -hmm. Um, we talk about wanting affordable housing a lot but i mean even in san francisco the prop when proposition c a few years ago passed and the affordable housing bond replenished the housing trust fund you know that was the first time in like 30 some odd years that affordable housing had got the number of votes it needed 
to for a bond you know also, so folks aren't willing to make the land use changes to actually allow for affordable mm-hmm, housing which mm-hmm. was a big reason why i made my decision in 8015 mm-hmm. right to go back to that it turns out that if you have all the money in the world and no plots of land it doesn't get you shit yeah i so here's the thing the one thing that was good about that race was that Javanka Beckles actually did evolve a little bit on her land use policy, which is that in Jacobin magazine, she wrote that she would use state powers to stop exclusionary neighborhoods from blocking affordable housing. Such except she as didn't, but she didn't specify why. Right. So, but again, well, no, that, but see, know, Richmond, Richmond's like a poor working class neighborhood, but it borders Marin County. It's on the other side of the yeah. bay. And Marin County, all of its service workers live in Richmond. And so, like, cross the bridge every day. Yeah, it's a, it's a strange, it's a very bizarre and real apartheid dynamic. And I was like, hey, what are you going to do to stop that on Twitter? And I was glad to see her quasi response. But that's good. I mean, I, you know, the whole, and like, I think that's very indicative of yeah, people. A lot of people in some people in San Francisco have been saying, oh, the Yimbys had such a rough election night. You know, blah blah blah. What have they done? That's tangible in San Francisco. You know, like Bay Area wide, definitely in San Francisco. Like Jovan, her feeling the need to even write that in Jacobin. You know, that was all my Twitter. Thread. I, that's what I'm. But I'm saying like that shit doesn't exist five years ago. Like, you know, if if we're gonna say that uh, that Benioff changed his mind because of a Twitter of thread, then we're gonna say yeah. that no, yeah, yeah, yeah. changed your mind. Well, they're always, no one else said it. They're always saying the Yimbies really love Twitter. It's like the thing that old white men like to say about us. I tagged like, her and do. I was like, I love you, Javanka. <laughs> what are you gonna do to disarm Marin County? They abuse you like every day. Do something. Can I just say I'm one and two funding for affordable. One of the greatest things that happened that night was for the first time that any of us can think of a proposition 13 bill failed so i want to talk about proposition 5 in relation to proposition 10 so 10 was the uh repealing of cost to hawkins and barring the state legislature from sort of putting limits on rent control so that local municipalities would be able to do big expansions of rent control and then prop 5 and that was put on by, you know, depending on, you could just say it. Michael Weinstein from the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, who is traditionally makes perfect an sense. anti-housing makes perfect person. Sense. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's um, who should be running. That, it's a good thing he did that, but he's anti-housing. He proposed Measure S, which banned housing. Sorry. And then uh, Proposition 5 was put on by the California Realtors, and it was another expansion of Prop 13. It was allowing older people to take their Prop 13 benefits to a new county, um, and it would have further bankrupted the state and was like generally really bad. So everybody's saying that the tenants' rights movement has like taken a major blow by Prop 10 going down, and I, I just... I don't really think that's totally accurate, but I also want people to see the San Francisco realtors. I mean, the sorry, I want people to take the California realtors. Like, they also took it on the chin, right? This is the first time an expansion of Prop 13 has failed. And that should give us a little bit of solace. Yeah, no, I it's mean, at it's, least not going to get worse on the Prop 13 front. No, 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 yeah, I mean, it's a, that's a big, it's a, it's a really big deal. Um, and I think it's also, I mean, just to, you know, start keep thinking about the Yimmy movement as a whole, you know, I mean, like c- defeating something is a win. This is big for uh, for the Yimmy movement, you know, for not baby boomers everywhere. I don't think we get any credit for the Prop 5 credit. statewide. I mean, that's right fine. Uh, we credit. can take credit for that one. I, I do think that like it's not one that got a lot of attention. It was really important. It didn't have a huge, like it didn't get as heated as some of the other propositions, but it really shows that the state is not going to take more steps 
to mm-hmm. like make things really, really fucked up. Yeah, like middle finger to Howard Jarvis from the state. I'll take it. Yeah, and same thing with uh-huh. Proposition 6, so, the gas tax repeal. We're not going to make things substantially worse. And like, that's pretty good, guys. Like, yeah, hey, nice job, California, for not making things dramatically worse. Yeah, and, and so like Prop 6 is the last of the state bills we were going to talk about. I mean, that would have been catastrophic. You know, like cities had already started spending the money, which maybe that's something we should talk about also. But, you know, I mean, <laughs> thank God that uh, Prop 6 didn't was not successful. Um, it was definitely all because of the drag bike race, the <laughs> drag bike ride. For sure. I was going to move on to Prop 10. You skipped yeah, that. We're, we're going to. We could, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. So okay, more so, on Prop 10. So wait, what was Prop, Prop 10? I've never heard of it. I understand that EMB Action didn't, uh, didn't come to a consensus about Prop 10, but East Bay for Everyone endorsed it. I canvassed for it. I'm very pro Prop 10. Okay, I was very pro Prop 10 from the beginning. Um, I had a lot of fun conversations with homeowners about it. It was great. But the bill was severely flawed in that it prohibited state action or preemption without a, uh, a election or a referendum, uh, which would have been very devastating if local communities sought to abuse rent control. Now, I was someone who thought that the biggest abuses towards housing are actually from downzoning. So I was willing to take that risk. And I think that most communities would have used it responsibly because Costa Hawkins was passed in part because of you know, cities like Berkeley, um, which were mm-hmm. trying to like, put rent control on buildings like day of. And actually, Berkeley's Measure Q put rent control on buildings, assuming Prop 10 were to win, uh, by around 20 years, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. So I was like, hey, well, I might as well boost it. But unfortunately, it was, it was foolish to put this measure up in a midterm election. It was foolish for a self-obsessed, egotistical billionaire to do this without <laughs> any support from the start. Michael Weinstein, you know, he really needs to be like – I know people are not going to reject him because he's got money. That's fine. But like he, <laughs> he – behind the scenes, I know people don't like him. He promoted Measure S, which tried to have a moratorium on housing in Los Angeles – he was a very big booster of attacking SBA 27 during the first round. So he really has no wins on his record. And I wish he would stop abusing HIV patients' money. And Yeah, uh, the, they really have an ungodly amount of money no, to I be know. throwing Where around. is the IRS? The amount of money that like, he spent Jesus on, Christ, you know, Jesus. ironically, could have been spent on a lot yes. of affordable housing. Um, Last thought for me on Prop 10, which is that hindsight is... 2020, obviously, it was, though, pretty clear that this was a bad tactic to take. And it makes, I mean, what makes me worried is I want to see statewide rent control measures, Mm -hmm. right? I want to see statewide anti-gouging, right? Where we could get like 10% max per year cap, you know, everywhere. And those are, those are doable things. There were, you know, small incremental tenants protections statewide up in the state legislature last year that failed for no real reason, right? Like, but because the advocates couldn't get together with a diverse enough coalition to say, okay, like maybe it's good enough that we can get statewide you know, a 10-day notification passed. Good part is, is that we do have a growing coalition of like foot activists who will get this done in urban areas, but we do need more representatives and outreach in less urban parts of California where you have to explain to those areas why rent control is the uh, best form of affordability. And that's a challenge to do. But I am glad that we do have a lot of more tenant activists on board. And I, I'm not going to ignore that new infrastructure that we have. 
No, no. I mean, I think yeah. No, the the coalition is being built and it's and it's growing. And we will sure. try to go for rent gouging legislation. Yeah. soon. And the fact is, is we're all like three years old, barely. You know, it it cracks me up when are pe- when writers are writing like, oh, that the Yimbies are that yeah. That's what I'm, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but well, that's also important. It's even yeah, yeah. The coalitions that have been built in under five years is impressive, and it's growing. Oh yeah, Yimbies have completely. Okay, we can get onto that after. We can do that with the SF stuff when we start sobbing. <laughs> it's not necessarily related to rent control right now. But, yeah. Okay, well, let's start with wins in San Francisco. For instance, Proposition C. Yeah. Yay! More funding for subsidized affordable housing and homeless housing. And they were involved with the Coalition on Homelessness. We were, yeah. No, that was fun. Uh, I was afforded the uh, privilege of going with Jennifer Friedenbach uh, to the spur election committee um and arguing for prop c and let me tell you i found out something i do really enjoy uh and that is arguing against the uh, chamber of commerce for anything yeah so i mean um that was really awesome you know and and i and i and i think it's important to point you know jennifer called when she called and asked me she said you know as she thought i was still a board member i'm no longer on the emb board but she says as a emb board member and an affordable housing executive director you know i'd, I'd appreciate it if you could come help me and it was I don't know. It was it was it was refreshing. Um, to yeah, new coalition. New coalition, and it was great working with them. You know, our producer Scott got it, got on the the heel toe express and walked a lot of streets for Prop C, as did a lot of other members. And it was, I think, I think it was a very beautiful, productive experience overall, just for the general coalition building. I hope that it leads to. It was really nice to hear from one of our candidates. We endorsed Janice Lee for BART board, and she sent one of the loveliest notes I've ever received in local politics, um, really talking about how uh, Yimbies actually get out there and support their candidates, and that she did not feel like our support was just nominal, that we came out and canvassed and did the work. And that's the kind of thing that I think people should take a lot of heart in, that Yimbies consistently work really hard for our candidates and that's the stuff that'll make the difference in the long term love you well bar districts are regional right yeah. but she well, took, no, she took not the all. C that is the like west side right. a bit of the north side of San Francisco and a bit of the south yeah, side the it's like a C she took did she take was it Dick Josephowitz's seat yes yeah, it's Nix it's yeah. okay okay yeah okay. yeah so and I, so it's great it's gonna be great to have her I mean uh-huh. that was another exercise in like Cross like the mix of endorsers that she had, I mean, is a a testament to kind of what I think the future mm-hmm. of good coalition building for like a, a progressive urbanist future for like those that really want that version of San Francisco politics going forward, which would be a breath of fresh air. Um, I, mean, I don't know. She went, makes me I mean, hopeful. It could have been. It would have been even worse had. Nick Josephowitz, who unfortunately lost in District Two, supervisor also vacated a seat on the Bard board, and and if we didn't get another pro housing, you know, pro public transit person in there, which is what could have you know might have happened. You know, I don't think that the other candidates were super. I mean, some of them were, but But there was a handful of people. But Janice is transcendent. She's like fucking epic. But she's very, she's very aligned with like a lot of our like anti-BART fair enforcement action Uh with East Bay for everyone. Great. That's great. That's great to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I think that it's time to discuss the San Francisco supervisor races. Right, um, we've run through all the fun stuff. Laura, did <laughs> let's let's start it off with something really easy and not emotional to talk about. Was there a race in District Six? It's fine. It's cool, guys. Don't worry about but what, it. What happened in District Six? 
Um, what's District Six? District Six in San Francisco <laughs> is uh, Soma Mission Bay. Okay, yeah. Treasure Island. <laughs> I get the joke. I get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <sighs> the sigh. Love my Sonia. Um, so I don't know. You know, there's like endless recaps and analysis. To some degree, it's kind of fun because like everyone. It's flattering and also ridiculous that people put so much emphasis on like this is make or break for Yimby oh, yeah, and like sure. our endorsements are the only thing that matter in San Francisco politics. Like across the board, it's really it's like cool and awful. But isn't that a testament to how powerful Yimby is as a narrative? I think it, de- it, it is. definitely is. Which which is that like everyone cares about what these dumb millennials who like housing <laughs> say. They're stupid like, like, tweets. Yeah, they're so like they're ineffective. Look, okay. You're going to have to explain this stuff to me because I was in the East Bay and I literally did not pay attention to supervisor races. So I'm not entirely sure how everything was working. Everything out. was our fault. So everything was our fault. And the fact that we had a sweep means that our ideas are unpopular and we should go home. Oh, and Jim Stern says that we're literally obliterated and that we're never going to matter ever again. What a turnaround from <laughs> summer. Thanks, super old white dude. Yes. June, we were the smartest June, people were, ever. Yeah. Yimbies were like Superman. I know. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> we're the only reason the London Breed won. One, yeah, the only reason. Only right. reason. Right. Only reason. No. New York and Times says. <laughs> and if the New York Times says it, wait, did the New York Times actually? If my mom about can us? bring it to her synagogue knitting yeah. group, then we, it's was, a big deal. There was national coverage of London Breed, and they were making like casual references to us being Yimbies. So, mm-hmm. so Sonia didn't win. Uh, Matt Haney won. Um, Matt Haney was forced to put things like upzoning in his. Uh, Platform. Um, Matt Haney, you know, ran saying that we do need to build housing all over San Francisco. Um, You know, as someone who was not personally, I I do not, cannot endorse candidates or help candidates, but as someone who um, may or may not have uh, provided babysitting help, am I allowed to say that? (laughs) Yeah, you're like I just I don't want I don't want I don't want Sonya to get some ethics violation from Peskin in like a week because <laughs> Sam Moss was babysitting Anton. Um, so you know, but I'm just saying this. I was around a lot, and uh, you know, like what Janice said, uh, watching the Yimbies go all out for not just Sonya but all four of our candidates. Uh, you know, except for Nick, all four of which had way less money than you know anybody else i I think that the amount of actual boots on the ground organizing that we managed to achieve was a win in and of itself um and you know sonia did not win in district six um and that's disappointing but to be frank in a real testament to sonia anton and i literally watched her get up the literally next day and start emailing supervisors about how we need to legalize affordable housing in the entire city, and this is the way that she wants to do it. So, you know, anyone who thinks that we are uh, obliterated or that it was a <laughs> complete uh, over, you know, crushing of our souls into dust can, you know, go fuck yourself. Yeah, Sonia can really take it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, like all these other losers who are insulting her would crack when I would call them a bad word on Twitter. But like, it's it a now, lot. Now, Sonia, I mean, it's Sonia, a lot. Of her. No, yeah. for real. Like Sonia, like really, like knows how to like lick her wounds, learn from her mistakes, That's and just that move Philly, on. It's that it's that Philadelphia strength. Yeah, you know, I'm dress just, sweats oh, and definitely. pizza. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why like her enemies hate her even more because she just does uh-huh. not back down. Yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting because if you step back, like obviously we commit hard to our candidates. And so like feeling the loss of that hurts. It sends you into kind of, okay, what are we going to do next? How are we going to grow? 
But it also means that like you get to step back and say, okay, what happened throughout the entirety of the races? And like, it is important to change the conversation. And like, it's not a small feat to force every candidate to not be running as an explicitly anti-housing Yeah, person. a San Francisco prog putting upzone right. in their, in right. their like, policy statement. Like, so that was the thing, like from an East Bay resident perspective. From an East Bayer who was like ignoring SF and like trying to pretend like it didn't exist. It's like the equivalent of deleting <laughs> Slack yeah. for a month. Just like, just, to, like just, just, your just blow up the Trans Bay tube, do everything you can, and like not hear from their <laughs> stupid tribal parties and stuff. When I occasionally looked at SF's like supervisor races as someone who's uninformed, which is kind of like many typical voters in the city, like someone who's just like looking at it, like I don't know who to vote for. <laughs> like, so most people. Yeah, yeah. Like most people who are not on housing discourse 24 7. I couldn't really tell in many cases who the NIMBY candidate was. Mm, interesting, just because like, of I just, the amount of people they were all saying we need more housing. Like, kind like of Haney, Haney was like a, a, a lame version of Buffy Wicks. Like Buffy Wicks is awesome, and they are very and similar. Haney was like a lame version of them, lame, lame version of Wicks, who would like use Obama quotes from like years ago. You know, actually though, Buffy Wicks had a recent Obama endorsement. I'm just saying, not 2006. Obama went hard for Buffy. I I do think that like did he? Show I mean, up? I'm sure it was all East Bay Obama's for everyone. Actually, his his HUD department. Oh, Obama oh, has a Yimby manifesto. Yeah, Yimby. yeah. So District Six was disappointing. Um, and I think let's, let's talk about district four. Um, district four is the sunset. It is a bastion of single family home suburbia. Okay. Hold on. East Bay resident doesn't know anything. Yeah. I mean, I know the sunset very well, Yeah. but, but so again, I tried to figure out like who the NIMBY candidate was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I, I, it took, it, it took me a while, but I got it, but I couldn't really tell housing policy wise. What was the difference between Ho and Marr. That's who they are, right? Gordon Marr and Jessica yeah, Ho. Yeah, Gordon Marr and, and Jessica Ho. And Jessica Ho was panpicked by Katie Tang. She worked for Katie Tang and uh, her grandparents, she she her she her grandparents have lived in Sunset forever. She kind of grew up there pensively or whatever the word is. Um, that race was screwy. Yeah. So that like- was a tough race because because Katie Tang submitted her resignation. Can we talk about Katie? She's not Yes. Here. No, we can talk I about just Katie sure just like okay deciding Katie. not to run at the last minute. Yeah. A bunch of people throwing in yeah, kind so of her semi-randomly. Because Katie could have run, gotten the win, and then stepped down, and there would have been a mayoral appointment, right? Instead, Katie said, I'm not running, and it w- it opened up a general election for her seat. Okay, but what about Jessica Ho was Yimby? I mean, nothing. We nothing. didn't endorse her. We didn't endorse her. Oh, okay, great. We invited her to come, mm-hmm. And she did not come. <laughs> Hard stop. <laughs> and so, you she know, was like, yes, I, don't, I mean, the, the whole race was totally screwed. She right? was no on C, right? She was no on C. Yeah. I mean, District 4 was a total scramble. Trevor was consistent and great and talked about, you know, his family and was as pro-housing as you can be out there and clearly showed a firm grasp of the issues. But people out there voted mm-hmm. based on... I mean, it was such a scramble, right? Most of Trevor's votes uh, then went to Gordon Marr instead of Jessica Ho, the person he was running a one-two campaign with, kind of because I think there was a lot of resentment about, um, you know, they really cared about the fact that Jessica hadn't really lived in the district. I think that that mattered to more people than is necessarily... I mean, I don't think it's logical, but it is matter a lot of people. When the term carpetbagger is like actually being thrown around at... Like debates and stuff, like <laughs> unironic. No, I, I'm just saying, like I don't know. It's a like that was being lobbed 
constantly. That was like, you the, know? not to go back to the East Bay, but that was like the chief attack against Buffy Wicks. Was right. it? That she just kind of moved into that town. That she had and, just mm-hmm, moved back mm-hmm. to the... Trevor did, he had way less money. Um, he had a full-time job, three kids. You know, he, and, and a testament to Maleg and West Side's best side and the work that, you know, Scott, I know you went out, the work that they put in out there but the work for a candidate who took the time to come to EMB Action and talk to us more than once, right? Came on the podcast, but then he like hung out here and had a couple beers and like pummel, he peppered me with questions about affordable housing for an hour. And then I saw him regurgitate it like uh, <laughs> two weeks later, which is a big deal. Because oh, so I'm hard to, I get very technical and wonky. Yes. It's not easy to understand me. That's who Maylig was canvassing. Yeah. yeah. Trevor okay. McNeil. And so then I don't even know who that person Trevor is. and Jessica. So, as is common now with ranked choice voting, um, there's a lot more one two endorsements. And I do think, like, Yimby, what did we maybe do wrong? I think that we need to not change our one two. not getting yeah. enough one two, mm-hmm. right? Like, Shaman earned our number minute. two endorsement, and we couldn't make our voting process work such that he got it. But, like, I think that's a failure, actually, of our voting process that Shaman didn't get the number two endorsement. Um, Who got number one? Theo. So that this we'll Theo Theo got the number yeah. one. This was District Ten. Ellington won. Right? No, no, Shaman won. Right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. So we'll, 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 all in due time. Yes. Y'all. Okay. Anyway. All in due time. I mean, but like one two endorsements really matter in this sort of weird ranked choice, and a lot of uh, not a lot, but some supervisor candidacies are won or lost based on this ranked choice stuff, and so we should be doing a better job as an organization of making it clear to people who the second best choice is. And we effed it up in the East Bay too. Yeah. We couldn't endorse our own UB candidate because we messed up because of the same for the same like technical it was hard to get the second vote right so greg goffna and ben gold ran against kate harrison and we could only endorse uh i don't even remember (laughs) (laughs) because like spiritually we just endorsed them both yeah right i think it was greg mcgoffna yeah i think i think that is who yeah yeah so. All right, so um, let's uh, let's 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 go. But, on. but Gordon ran the classic uh, yes to affordable housing he campaign. Said, I saw him say density and stuff. That's yeah, like a four yeah, letter no, word. He did. He said yeah, but he said yes to affordable. But I mean, he got away with a lot. Well, and he also talked about accessory dwelling units, right? Which is like sort of yeah, that's like good, intro to yeah. For yeah. suburbanites. Yeah, no, we, we, <laughs> yeah. we definitely, you know, yeah, get again. Like Gordon, like in the years past, the sunset wouldn't even have said yes to affordable housing. I mean, know? Norman Yee was with. Norman Yee's literally said no to affordable housing. Actually. Literally said no. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, I'm hopeful about what this all means for. We're going to have in San Francisco, in a universe in which you believe that the two party names have any meaning, which is. Debatable. Are you talking about Democrat, Republican, or Prague? Yeah. No, Prague. Okay, okay. No, Republicans yeah, are like not relevant. Right. Um, I mean, sorry. Every once in a while, a Republican like wants to like be like, no, like I could win, and I'm like, I don't know what Stop. to say to you. Yeah, like, why know. do you I think that cute. that's true? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but we have uh, in the Prague mod world, right? To some degree, London is she has been sort of a midpoint on the board of supervisors previously. She was the modish candidate. Several mod Prague consensusy candidates uh, won in San Francisco, but the read is that it's a progressive sweep. You know, I think we'll. It'll be interesting to watch what is arguably split government now, where we have a progressive board of supervisors and a moderate 
and a moderate mayor working potentially together? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of animosity. I mean, Mayor Breed, okay. is, she just put forward legislation today to give the city attorney the legal right to go and compel a judge to say that Prop C is legal, to preempt any... Uh, to preempt any uh, suing against Prop C that the tower drives. So, so like, like talk about working together. Okay. She, she, she's taken a step to pass the thing she said wasn't a good idea. Okay. So just in case antagonists are listening, <laughs> now <laughs> that you your board of supervisors far. is majority progressives, have them ban sweeps. Yeah. yeah. Why don't that, you just I, do I that? Want that to be the first, because yeah. all the vicious like London breed haters who think she's the devil and was insulting her and ridiculing her nonstop act like the mayor's office is supposed to unilaterally tell the DPW to stop. Okay, perhaps through executive action, but why doesn't the legislative branch of city government just ban sweeps? Ban it. Pressure the board of supervisors to ban sweeps. Even if London wouldn't sign it, it would at least make a statement. I mean, there's a reason Republicans tried to repeal Obamacare a million times, even though he was in office. It's to make a statement. So make a statement and ban sweeps, but we all know it's not going to happen. Mm. Legalize living in your car and RVs. Yes, legal. Yep. Do yep. all your progressive stuff. Do now you have, prog- your, you have your supervisors. Like Sonia's big thing of Legalize make it legal housing. to build affordable housing in every district at 10 that. stories high. <laughs> but like, I well, think that there's, there's an opportunity to call a lot of bluffs, right? There's no reason why we can't have a navigation center in every district. District, right? There's, there's just no reason we couldn't do that. There's no reason we couldn't say that every public institution should have to review its land holdings mm-hmm. and public parking lots and turn them over for affordable housing as needed. Every but we really don't care about right, that. Every supervisor. No, voted. live in hope. Okay, we have to wait yeah, like six to. months before we start yeah. truly yeah. shitting on people. Okay, how we long? have to. Like <laughs> Sandra Lee Fewer had how long yeah. to find an affordable she housing? She is. I took a thirty-eight. I took a thirty-eight bus ride, and I could find she plenty of sites. On a bus ride. She's looking for him, bro. She's looking for him. Come on. Look. Where was their pressure against Norman E for Forest Hill? No. Come on. They don't care. Do they care about Baboa Reservoir? No. Excuse me. Get back to the East Bay with your inflammatory rhetoric. No, screw that. You came here to podcast. uh, I'm here to to bash SF now. I'm done. Come on. Look, we have got at least six months of hope and change, okay? And then we can start being depressed and like just being the like outsiders or throw bombs. But I do think that. Okay, okay. I won't do that. I'm speaking as a East Bay resident. He's been looking at progressives, bashing London Breed for being insufficient. You now have the legislative branch do something. Do it. I'm, I'll be right there with you. I, I protested sweeps in Oakland. Please go ahead and ban them in San Francisco. I'm, I'm interested uh, in District 4. Uh, so Mid-Pen, Ninsula Housing... Uh, we won't get into the fact that they were awarded a project because um, I've ranted about that. But they're about to build a five-story, 200-unit with not even close to one-to-one parking, affordable housing for teachers, like in the outer sunset. It will be the tallest. You will be able to see it from miles around. And I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to play out because I know that Kate, like Supervisor Tang didn't want to weigh in on it too much. She was leaving. But like I've, I went to a few of the community meetings. I mean, Mission Housing pitched you know we went after the deal and lost but we did a lot and like i mean we're talking like anything less than two story anything more than two stories and anything less than one-to-one parking will not be supported and and i i just you talk about progressives like putting their money where their mouth is i, I do think that the francis scott key teacher housing thing is going to be a a major litmus test for that okay um 
Can we segue to that Mission Local article? Because I want to. Yeah, Oh, sure. sure. Wait, uh, well, before we do that, I want to do one more, which is accessory dwelling units. Is another what? place where everyone says that they want accessory dwelling units. Yeah. And so we have to make the process better right. for that. And we can do that. And the capital P Progressive Board of Supervisors can do a lot to make accessory dwelling units more feasible and get people actually building them out in the sunset, out in the Richmond, out in the Excelsior. Like, there's no reason on paper to not do that except for people maybe mm-hmm. not living up to what they've said that mm-hmm. they're for. And by the way, I'm not part of Team Sports here. I would uh, gladly support Jane Kim oh, to get rid of parking, parking men's. Awesome. Oh, yes. We're, we're, we're all supporting that. We're all supporting that. Now, we all know yeah. that shoes were on the other foot or something. I don't yeah. think that the support would be as helpful, but you know what? That's fine. So let's... Uh, let's, let's Rise let's, let's, above. Yeah. Let's, Rise it's just, it's so insane. I just can't get over it. I like winning. It's literally like, God, it's like So in like uh, tennis let's, court. Let's, let's move on to uh, District 10. So District 10, uh, the Bayview, Hunters Point, Potrero Hill. We, the Yimby uh, endorsed candidate, uh, Theodore Ellington, lost to Shimon Walton. Um, but I do want to say that, as Laura said earlier, that, you know, because we need to make our voting the way we do it a little bit better, you know, we did, we did vote Shimon in as number two, just we couldn't reflect it on. Is that, is that an accurate way to say it? That's what it I looks like I mean, from my yeah. cursory. I mean, we like Shimon too. I maxed too. out to him, you know, so I hope we, like, like, he yeah, takes my call. Right, like we, we, like, like we, I, I'm looking forward to supporting him in the The, the only candidate I found problematic in that race was Tony Kelly. Weird, oh. why? But he, but he, because his housing platform was whack. I, th- I mean, I. Oh, it he, wasn't that he accused other people of pulling the race card. Oh, <laughs> I'm what? sorry. He, I just he, could pick like 15 he told, things. He told why Shimon I think Walton Tony in a debate that Shimon was pulling the race card. He was. I think he said something like, "Oh, now we can time the watch." I knew that someone would be pulling the race card by now, or something like that. Oh, yeah. well, figures. He's like from Portero Hills, like yeah. identified white people. Well, area. you know, yeah. He, but oh, he I'm was, sorry. White savior complex. Oh, no. Excuse dunk, me. Don't be dunk, rude. That dunking on that guy. <laughs> okay. You can dunk all I, over. I imagine the fact that he came in seconds because all the genifiers on Patera Hill voted for him. Okay, I'm sorry. Besides that, um, <laughs> I just hate those types, man. It's so annoying. Looking okay. like literally look. It's like the Berkeley, like, literally looking down on the on the pores. Yeah. Man, the people hill. are so mean in Oakland. All right, continue. They're not uh, mean at all in San Francisco. Yeah. What do you think continue. about what do you think about District Ten? So I I I'm sure Tony Kelly's a nice fellow. I'm not hating. But but I, I was really suspicious of his affiliation with Livable California, which is a anti-housing organization. Is, this, is that statewide? Or? It's a statewide org run by Zelda Bronstein oh. and other characters who will That's get like more into later. That's like all you have to say. It's the, it's the Yimby lineup. And when I read his housing the platform... The, sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, you drive a stake through my heart. That's the, that's the, it's the Nimby lineup. Zelda well, actually affluent, just got heartburned, too. You called her a Yimby. Affluent, she could, like, sense that stuff. It's full of affluent homeowners and affluent landlords and property owners. And I'm just saying that that's a very bad organization to be affiliated with. So I was happy to see him get trounced. Besides that, I don't really have an opinion. Mm-hmm. That, that affordable mm-hmm. housing guy sounds great, though. Yeah, no, Shimon will be great. Uh, Mission Housing's worked with YCD a lot in the last few years. And I, I, I'm certain that he'll... Uh, He'll be an asset. That was the only NIMBY I could find when I was doing my like. Yeah, NIMBY yeah, search. no, that's. I mean, because Tony wrote a manifesto about how we shouldn't build dense housing, basically. Yeah, so yeah. Tony was. My, my, I have in-laws. Work. I have in-laws in Potero Hill. Oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. <laughs> that's stupid. So there's an article in Mission Local written by Joe Askenazi that came out. Uh, if you're listening to this on Friday, so it came out on uh, Monday. Yeah, Monday of this week. Um, 
Anyway, I I think Harold. Um, yeah. I think that it says it best. It was a rough election for everyone in this photo, but there are ways to move forward. Yeah, exactly. And I think Joe Good started catch. it all. I think when he when I talked to him a week ago, it felt like he was ready to write an article about how the Yimbies have literally been obliterated from the earth and will never matter ever again. <laughs> and if we're using that as the starting point of the litmus test, I think we've it's 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 a good good article. Yeah, those takes are ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know, but they're like it's like what you said. People are like, is it they're afraid? Of, like to give us so much credit that and, the Yimbies meant like that like losing an election is just detrimental to a movement. You know, like it. And I feel like both sides of the bay were doing it. Like uh-huh. we had plenty of like fawning articles saying Yimbies, you know, masters of the East Bay. <laughs> And I'm like, I, I know we did a good job. I know there was a lot of Yimby narrative, but I don't think Obama a lot of... Obama might have helped. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Obama played a part. But like, it's not like everything is about these like millennials that like yeah. get your clicks on your... And I, I have to say also, Jennifer Friedman, at the end of the article, Jennifer... So when Laura and I, because I was in the clubhouse for a little bit of the interview, told talked to Joe about Proposition C... And specifically helping out get the spur vote, yeah, you know, endorsement. Um, his first question to us was, "Will Jennifer Friedenbach actually back that up?" Like, like, and she did, and she did. And I'm like, I always, I just, I guess, I always thought that she would, but deep down, I guess maybe I was like, "Will Jennifer Friedenbach back that up?" But I heard about it in, in like early on. Yeah, no, I mean, because like, like, it wasn't a secret. No, it, it definitely wasn't a no, secret. But, but there's that's a what made the yeah. funniest part. Like somebody busted into our office one day, yelling about how could we support can the you know Sonia and be yes on C, and we were like, "Well, Sonia's yes on C," and the woman like yelled back, "Like, rah, that's impossible!" And then I like yeah, tried to hand her something, and she was like, "Don't touch me!" And then she busted <laughs> out, like left. It's just childlike. I don't understand. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's an ability. When it comes to the Yimbies, there's 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 an ability of certain people to put blinders on to anything that doesn't serve this preconceived notion that happened in 2014. You know, but I think that it. I mean, really though, this article is good evidence. We'll have a link to progress in the show on that front. Same thing with Prop F. It was so dumb. Yeah, but you can only run it so many times where we. Do not live up to the narrative that they have about us. Yeah, it's it's political compartmentalization. I get it, but it's. Childlike. I think it's well. It's, it's also childlike. I will say it is childlike. <laughs> I also will say it's a weird double-edged sword for. It's a weird fine line that Yimbies have to walk because if we come out, we're like we're for Prop CC, we're for Prop C. You know, like we also can come off as like self-aggrandizing. I think. I don't know. I mean, I think that we sometimes overcompensate. So there's a the, the partisanship in San Francisco is nasty. Gross. It's mean. I mean, it's very mean spirited. It's, off, it's infantile. Is, it's off putting. But all of that is like a given, right? There's not a whole lot that we can do. Yeah, it's, not new. it's not new. We didn't really generate it, though. We can take some responsibility for fixing it. And like, I don't think we've taken enough responsibility mm-hmm. for fixing it over the years. I think we have consistently been like, well, you guys just don't understand that everyone in San Francisco is a fucking asshole. And like, to be fair, like everyone in San Francisco is a well, fucking I asshole. Am the biggest I, I am an asshole. No, I am definitely an asshole. But I think yeah. we, True. like through our policy choices, we can and have and will continue to 
do what's right for housing, right? And and whether that's Jane Kim supporting removing parking requirements or whether that's Proposition C or whether that's, you know, coming out hard against the sweeps, we just have to keep walking the walk. And I do think that over time, that matters. It doesn't matter the first 15,000 times you do it and you have to be careful to not become bitter and resentful when they're like, why don't they notice that I support the policies <laughs> that they also support and why won't they take my hand an endless friendship right you just have to like let mm -hmm. it go and just like be nice again the next time and just yeah you have to be the adult what do you do yeah. is there I wish, if only there was some type of drink that you could invite people to get <laughs> the dreaded yimby coffee hey you wanna get coffee oh <laughs> god I hate it when you used to do that that was so dumb I still do it don't do that god it's no, insufferable stop it hey Daryl what? You want to go get coffee? I will, but they don't. <laughs> no, the funny thing is, the people take me up on the dreaded Yimby coffee, but then they don't want it to be public that they said yes to the dreaded Yimby coffee because they had such a good time. Yeah, it can't be dancing better. <laughs> The other thing that the article touched on is sort of what is London Breed going to be doing from here? And they made a false accusation that London Breed hasn't done anything for the Yimbies. I think we were all kind of distracted by election season and didn't pay enough attention to, uh, for instance, a pretty decent thing that was done, which is grandfathering a lot of the projects that were um, about to be killed by an increase in the inclusionary rate. A lot of those projects are now saved, not all of them, um, but that was a tough tough lift to get through the Board of Supervisors. Meanwhile, we just passed Central Soma, which is going to add a lot of jobs without any compensating housing. Unanimously. Unanimously. And like, there was no objection at the Board of Supervisors to being like, hey guys, like, are we sure that we're ready to sign up for the kind of jobs, for the kind of housing demands that Central Soma is going to be bringing online? Meanwhile, the pipeline is dying. I, you know, I, I don't know. And who wrote the Central Soma plan? Oh, I want to say... Look, we're not going to be mad at Jane Kim right now because she's doing the parking minimums thing. I mean, I'd still so. like to live in my house <laughs> and not be displaced from it. I mean, honestly... Parking minimums you know, are no. Central Soma, like for me, every time I gave public comment, when we talk like... You know, for me, Central Soma, yes, Supervisor Kim wrote it, but to me, and Farrell, and Farrell the, the blatant, like, always supporting it, never questioning it of, like, District 4, and, you know, the way West Side districts who, in their brain, literally just don't believe that they're ever going to have to build housing, so, like, why not get these jobs, is, is like, something that I think Gimbys need to keep, the hypocrisy of it all. I think if you vote yes for Central Soma, you should accept a shit ton of density. Okay, so so I just want to make this clear because I don't know why this isn't obvious. This is what causes gentrification. Like, no. I don't understand. No. <laughs> I don't no. understand why people push these job housing imbalances. Right. That's what creates demand and has affluent newcomers buy up existing residents from their neighborhoods. That's what causes it, not a four-story apartment. I don't understand, like, where people do not understand this is... Uh, can I, can oh, I also say, though, going back to Mayor Breed, coming out of the it's gate... It's a gentrification and, and plan. something that will actually help at least a little with mitigate the, the Central Soma dumpster fire, the pipeline of ADUs had been log jammed. Mm -hmm. She de-jammed the log. Um, and it's going to need more de-jamming. So there's I mean, hundreds and hundreds of units were already being permitted, and they were held up getting their building permits, just like final permit to build. Hun oh, hundreds. And so, you know, she stepped in and told the heads of these departments to quit being asshats 
All of this is to say that there's a lot to come. We are going to have to be growing the movement substantially, not just in San Francisco, um, but all over California. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's growing Yimby clubs in freaking Marin. I mean, we should be really excited about the fact that there's like a Yimby club meeting in Marin. Dick Spotswood's daughter. It's next gen Marin. I Dick Spotswood's daughter, Beth Spotswood, is now writing articles about mission housing and, and SRO homeless housing. So that's awesome. Yeah. But yo, Joe. London Breed, I mean, I've had my problems with her. I'm not going to lie. But don't act like she can write the West Side Neighborhood Plan in the several months she's been elected. <laughs> right. Like, I don't understand. Right. Like, that's the, knowing that she has to start running again in six I mean, months. considering how long it took many of the progs to write the East uh, Eastern Neighborhoods Plan, I don't think that you can do it in several and, months. I mean, I could. But I'm not the mayor. Your plan would Ten. be apartments. End of plan. Yeah, like, no, my like my plan would period. be my plan would be like density, like minimums. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean the central so much, the, the eastern neighborhoods so. neighborhood plan took ten years, and at the same time they did that, they slowly, you know, Haskin took credit for it. Uh, well, and Chris, I mean, Chris Daly. Okay, guys, all of, we're going down a whole right. new rabbit hole. No, you, you can't accuse others of gentrification for backing an apartment. Yet you guys back right. terrible land use right. plans that are super inequitable and, and, and promote also, gentrification through jobs, housing imbalances. Right. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sick of these games. They, childlike. They, okay, well, board, you ready for the next round? Because that's what we're heading into. Well, okay, yeah, next round. Well, everybody true, ready? You ready? Uh, yeah, of course. Final yeah. thoughts. Okay. I liked the Mission Local article by Joe, but if there's any issue I had with it, I don't know if this is appropriate to say, I believe that the quote-unquote alliance between Yimbis and anti-gentrification activists on the common interest of developing in affluent neighborhoods, I just think that's really overstated. I do not think that there is that much initiative among many groups to build mm-hmm. in other people's districts. And if there's any proof of that, it's the Forest Hill stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, people and, and, and people make a million ex- – for some reason in San Francisco, people act like their districts are individual cities and they mm-hmm. don't move out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know why that's San Francisco politics, but I just don't believe that and, – and, and I don't think they have to. Like I think this is – what's so confusing about this is that this is the good part about political compartmentalization that people don't understand. We don't – it's our job to do the housing building stuff. You know, when I was arguing with people about Prop 10, they're like, well, it's going to, you know, rent control may cut down on production. Yes, but our job as Yimbies is to boost production. So we'll let them deal with tenant stuff. We'll deal with housing stuff. This idea that everyone has to do everything is ridiculous, but I just don't believe that everyone's going to be pro-upzoning in other people's districts. And I don't think it needs to be a metric for, you know, pro-housing people, but I just don't think that's going to happen. And for my final thought, I uh, to, to give counter-argument to that, um, I gave a talk recently to, and forgive me, Yimby Town, but I gave a talk to the National... Historical Preservation Trust Fund Conference about <laughs> affordable housing and red and the history of redlining in the mission. Um, and at the end of it, uh, without prompting, uh, two extremely old school, uh, one runs Calle 24 now and another is a prominent uh, carnival promoter, <laughs> both said, that they had been thinking about this a lot and they had been working with allies that they didn't they hadn't thought about lately and that it was time to go out and ask the Westwood Parks of San Francisco why they aren't building the monsters in the mission like they aren't taking on apartment buildings and I was like my jaw hit the fucking floor it was the first time I had no words I was like 
speechless. And I like if they, they maybe they'll do it, maybe they won't. No, I hope so. I really. But do. like the act of them even saying it, to be frank, yeah, I'm is, glad is big it. progress. They didn't yeah. say it before. Well, so and then I looked around and it was a room full of people who I'd wished would think that you know, and they're all like shaking their heads, like, yeah, that's a good point. Why, why aren't we yeah, going no, no, on and no. asking them? You know, because just asking it. You know, yeah. I'm glad they're saying it. I just want to see some actual. Me too. Action. Me too. Yeah, and we'll get the buses. So here's my final thought. I think the the action will actually be somewhere in between these two things. So right now with CASA, right, which is a regional effort to come out with some statements of this is the kind of legislation that would be good for taking the we can region have a forward. Link. We can have a right. link to CASA. CASA. Generally, people think that some good stuff can come out of it. Yeah. Um, there are people wearing the hat of tenants activists Capital coming out and 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 coming out and saying we we can't take these steps forward we can't all agree on these things and i think that there's an opportunity for people within that community to check that shit a little bit right like that's like moving i don't necessarily think that all of the people in every community are going to come out even if they think that we're right about some of our policy prescriptions they might not come out and like be arm in arm fighting for it with us, right? Because they're going to be focusing on other things that they think are important too. I mean, part of, I don't ask every environmentalist to like stop fighting for the rainforest and come just fight for infill housing development. I see us as like working on similar projects, but in different areas, right? And I think that there's an opportunity, therefore, for people who are fighting for a lot of uh, tenants' rights and additional like eviction protection stuff to say, hey, upzoning, especially in wealthy communities, is not anti-tenant. And so please stop using that rhetoric. Mm -hmm. And I think that Mm -hmm. that's like a good enough goal that will help us all move Mm -hmm. forward. And on that note, so. you are easily the top five guests we've ever had. Thank you. Everybody. My rants were kept to like 1%. I, I could have gone way harder. I know. <laughs> and we're out. <laughs>